There is nothing wrong with your podcatcher. Do not attempt to adjust the feed. We are controlling the bitstream. We control the encoding. We can mispronounce names. We can consume alcoholic beverages. For the next half hour, we will control all that you read and discuss. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support. everyone. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it is so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. And y'all need to enjoy every syllable that comes out of Veronica's mouth because it's the last you're going to get for a bit. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not dying, um, <laughs> no, but I am going she on maternity will, leave. She'll return. I will return, um, but we have Thomas put together a great lineup of folks who are going to come on the show and co-host with him over the next several months. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if you want to talk about that now or kick well, that off in your next episode no, or for whatever sure. you. We can, we can mention Bria Grant, uh, uh, author, director, uh, filmmaker, host of Reading Glasses podcast with Mally O'Mara. She's going to uh, host with me in December. She's already picked the book. Uh, so we'll announce that real soon on Patreon. Uh, and then uh, her co-host on Reading Glasses, Mallory, has agreed to host in January. And we've got more in the works. So stay tuned. Amazing. That's great. I can't I couldn't have picked two better people to to kick things off with you. That's going to be great. Um, and I do know what the book is. I will not spoil it. I feel like a little bit of pressure to like I've never had this experience before where I'm not reading along with Sword and Laser. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know what to do about that. I mean, like, I don't know if I'm going to have time to read. I was going to say, I would say, well, then just read along. But the whole reason you're not doing the show is you're not going to have time to do the show. So I don't know if you're going to have time to read. But yeah, yeah. maybe audiobooks. Should I try? I could try. It's going to be a lot of sitting. Right. Right. You you, an audiobook might be good. Definitely the whisper sync thing could Mm -hmm. could work for you where you're like, oh, I don't want to listen right now, but I could read or vice versa. I don't know. Totally, totally. All right. Well, I will do my best. Yeah, yeah. And to keep us updated. Just to, I will. I'll be in the forums. All right. Let's jump right into our quick burns. Tomahome posted the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special official trailer uh, was out <laughs> when Tomahome posted it. Uh, and now not only the trailer, but the whole thing is out. Uh, at the time, Tomahome wrote, you may or may not want to watch this. They probably give away the best jokes in the trailer, but it's coming November 17th on Disney Plus. So like I said, it's out. You're likely subscribed anyway for Mandalorian season two and only one episode out of that is out. Well, now there's three. Baby Yoda is in this too. A uh, little happiness <gasps> injection in uh, Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. It's Life Day once again in the Star Wars universe. That's fun. I, I was definitely seeing a lot of people really excited about this trailer. So I, I'm, I'm feeling like I could use some more joy on in my television watching. Mandalorian's been great. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like there's been a lot of complaining on the internet about this season. Complaining but... on the internet? Oh, I know. <laughs> Crazy talk. Um. Yeah, I actually I won't I won't say who, but I I, I posted about the uh, the the egg debacle, mm. um, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too spoilery, sure. um, but I was in support of the plot line, mm. 
And um, I got a note from someone who worked on the show, actually, in my DM saying, thank you. I don't understand why this is such a thing. Like, people <laughs> should understand that this is, you know, how things work in this world. Also, fiction? Um, <clears throat> shrug yeah uh, like yeah. Yeah, it's okay right so it's that not it's not good. anyway yeah. yeah let's not even get into it uh i will say i have seen <laughs> the lego star wars holiday special uh tamahome is not wrong the best jokes are definitely in the trailer oh really yeah uh but there are still other good jokes in it uh and it's not long so it's it's a fun ride it's cute eileen well, yeah, okay. and i watched it and we both looked at each other and we're like that was fun we weren't raving about that, it, but that we're like, worth that the was time. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you for that review. Anytime. He's like, anytime. Jen says, uh, Narrativa, Yawn. the production company. Yawn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I'm already losing it. Yawn says, Narrativa, the production company of the Terry Pratchett estate, has announced that Sky is adapting the Discworld novel The Amazing Maurice and His Educated Rodents as an animated family movie. The movie is set to debut 2022 on the UK Sky Cinema Pay TV channel and seems not to be part of the motion pictures and Endeavor content deal for the Discworld adaptations that we discussed earlier this year. Um, The Amazing Maurice, the Sky original, follows Maurice, a streetwise ginger cat who befriends a pipe-playing kid and a horde of strangely educated talking rats with whom he develops the perfect Pied Piper scam until something goes very, very wrong. The movie will star, among others, Hugh Laurie as Maurice and Amelia Clark as Malicia. Yeah, this thing has uh, has a great cast. Uh, it has the full support of uh, of the Pratchett estate, uh, unlike the watch. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I, I think uh, I think people are, are pretty excited that this will be true to the spirit of Terry Pratchett uh, in its execution. So I'm looking forward Amazing. to it, too. Uh, Mark wrote, if you'd like to read quotes from Martha Wells Murderbot Diaries in your Twitter feed, follow Murderbotbot on Twitter. <laughs> I like that. It was an easy, easy, fun one to, to interact with. Yeah. It's like, why hasn't this happened before? It's no kidding, perfect. right? Maybe they're afraid of getting <sighs> banned. Twitter, Twitter is active against bots these days. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, Trike says, Ted Chiang on AI and such like. This is an article over on GeekWire. Um, science fiction master Ted Chiang explores the rights and wrongs of AI, bot or not. Um, this is part of a special series uh, exploring the evolving relationship between humans and machines. So speaking of bots, a little bit more in that area. Um, so yeah, this is a great article about just kind of picking his brain on on where this whole thing could go. Yeah. For further reading. I like that. I like occasionally be like, I haven't read this myself, but I probably Me will. Neither. And uh, and you might want to know about it too. So thanks, Trike. Uh, Richard wrote, well, it appears the production of Netflix's The Witcher is on hold again due to COVID. Oh no. Christopher no. Heaview, who plays Novellan, has tested positive along with three others. That was back on November he... 7th though. So maybe they've got it back under control now. And that is... Um... He is, yes, torment. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, from Game like, of Thrones, like, right? Right. From okay. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I was like, um, I was like, wait, I know who that is, and then I had to see a picture of his face in the blog article. Oh my the, gosh, the- I'm glad I did. I'm glad I checked this again because uh, I couldn't find anything about it uh, when I looked earlier. But nine hours ago, uh, The Witcher season two resumed filming. Uh, was posted Yay! on GamesRadar.com. 
I need this. Oh, I need it. Yes. I need it very badly. And I need Christopher Heavesu to be in this show. And I'm very <laughs> excited about it. So I hope he's feeling better. Yeah. It looks like all is all is well on the side of the Witcher once again. Excellent. Well, Richard also posts that Terry Brooks finished his Shannara series last month. Wait. Well, did we ever land on how we're supposed to say that? Shannara. Is it Shannara? Mm. It's Shannara. It's that's, always the way I don't want to say it. Yep. Always. Okay. That's always the way, right? It is the way. Um, finished his Shannara series last month. Richard says, I started reading this from the beginning and his Landover series. And here is an interview over on Publishers Weekly about what's next. Oh, very what's cool. next after finishing such an epic tale? So this is another one for for adding to your reading list um, in, in the news world. So it's a great interview with with Terry Brooks to to figure out, like, you know, looking back on the series, but also what, what comes afterwards for him. Now, uh, we just had two posts from Richard, but this next one is from Richard, a different Richard. Uh, at least I think it is. It's got a different icon. Uh, the SFF <laughs> reviews and blog site Fantasy Faction will be posting a series called Christmas Presents on site in December. Or is it Christmas Presents? Christmas Presents. The Christmas Presents slash Presents are original SFF <laughs> microfictions written by faction Fantasy Faction's team of bloggers and authors and made available to everyone to read for free. Our way of giving something to the SFF community after a very difficult year for the whole world. These very short, snacky little stories include downbeat sci-fi, uplifting fantasy, and spooky horror. There should be something for everyone, says Richard. Fun! That's great. Yeah, that's very cool. So fantasy-faction.com. I didn't see anything up there uh, when I checked, uh, but it's not close enough to Christmas yet. So just keep an eye on it. Yeah, well, it says... It says they start in December, so we've got yeah, we've yeah. got another week and a half or so until we get into that range. So yeah, keep keep your eyes peeled for that. Oh Lord, okay, Richard. Back to also the other post. Richard. This is back to the OG Richard. Yeah. Okay. Confusing. I didn't realize we had so many Richards in the audience. The last of. <laughs> The last of Harlan Ellison's Dangerous Visions anthologies may finally be published, which could include short stories from Frank Herbert, Anne McCaffrey, Octavia Butler, and Daniel Keyes. It was supposed to come out in the 1970s, but never saw the light of day. Now, J. Michael Straczynski, appointed executor of the Ellison estate, has started a Patreon account for the project of completing the work. Details here. Ah, yes. Oh, it's like Lost Stories. I know. I like that. That's a good lineup, too. Octavia Butler, Anne McCaffrey, Frank Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tamahome responded to that saying, wow, and then wrote, J. Michael Straczynski also has a mainstream book called Together We Will Go coming out next July, July 6th. Busy. Yeah. And J. Michael Straczynski. Look at that. (laughs) And then Tamahome says, the Strand trailer on CBS streaming was out. Um, It comes out on December 17th, so about a month from now. Mm. Um, Yeah, I saw a lot of chatter about this on Twitter uh, the past couple of days. Um, You know, articles comparing it to the original, the Strand, Stand, the Stand. I'm sorry, did I say the Strand both times? I don't know. But you can buy the Stand book at the Strand. In New York City. Did you watch Dash and Lily? No. The Strand in New York City is a is a major character in the Netflix Christmas oh. episodic special 
Dash and Lily, oh, which I found to very that. pleasing. I uh, I once got mistaken for an employee of the Strand while shopping there once. That's legit. Mm. I feel like that that makes sense. I was an uh, employee of a bookstore at the time, so I guess I just at had the time, work. yeah, yeah, just not yeah. that bookstore. Um, that's cute. Okay, so the Stand trailer on CBS streaming uh, is out. <laughs> yeah. Um, it comes out December seventeenth, and people are still talking about it on twitter yeah how dare someone create a thing <laughs> or i'm so excited about it i've seen both i've seen i've seen people excited about it i've seen people skeptical like oh they're okay. gonna they're gonna ruin it ah. well wasn't okay but now i'm confused wasn't the strand that vampire miniseries oh you may be right about, about that like a virus yeah um the strain the strain that's what you're thinking of okay Okay. All right. Well, I was close ish. <laughs> uh, stand for buying the strain at the strand. Here we go. Not confusing at all. No. All right, everyone. Thanks for submitting stories as always to our quick burns. Um, thank you to all the Richards out there. Um, super appreciate your input this week specifically. A um, lot of great stuff to to add to the to be red pile uh, in terms of blog posts and articles that I have to catch up on. Very cool. All right, well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Um, And this thread was pretty cool. Uh, This comes from Joe Sherry, who was replying to at Hugo underscore book underscore club. I'm not sure if that's actually an official Hugo book club, but Mm. it seems to be people who are reading Hugo books. Um, This is about Babaverse. uh, And Joe said that Tom and Veronica at Sword and Laser are big fans, to which John Taloni, community member, um, posted that when we first read the Babaverse book as a monthly pick, I tossed off a little filk and someone actually recorded it. And he put a link to the YouTube video. So if you, if you, th- this was a while back, I thought it was a nice callback. It, it gave me a good laugh and chuckle to actually go back and listen to the, uh, the song um, that was put into, into music from John's words. Um, and especially now that we, we recently had a, uh, 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 Mr. Uh, Dennis Taylor, Dennis Taylor on the show. Um, good callback to, to that stuff. So I just thought it was cute. Yeah. Uh, the Ton- Tanya Don uh, put it up yeah. on YouTube. Uh, words by John Taloni. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it just makes me happy. All the stuff that we've oh, you know, it, it, that, actually, that has the come out of our crazy conversations. I didn't notice this earlier. It says featured on the sword and laser podcast, episode number three twenty two, analysis paralysis. That doesn't seem that long ago. No, it doesn't. But I guess it's 80 episodes ago. Yeah, seven, almost 80 episodes ago. 76 episodes ago. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, Cameron McCrory, aka Meat Popsicle, (laughs) aka McCrory Books, uh, tweeted Hey, Veronica, I'm way behind on Sword and Laser, episode 342. Did you ever get around to reading any comic books? Smile, smile. Um,. Let's see. I did read Saga. I started uh-huh. reading Saga. Um, really enjoyed that. I started reading Lock and Key. Uh-huh. Huh. Good choice. Um, I read, oh, what was that one called? I have not cracked open my comicsology in a while, so I'm starting to forget. Um, but I did buy, um, I have this here. Oh, we got a live this, demo. Um, the Nettie Akorafor oh, nice. uh, Shuri. Shuri. 
edition, um, which I've been holding on to for a while. I started reading, but it's like just been, a, I've a been excited to. Too. That's pretty nice. Yeah, I got this at um, one of the comic book stores on, on, we had a sword and laser meetup at, um, I can't remember the name of the store, but it's on Mission Street here mm. in San Francisco. Robert suggested it and we had a meetup there, um, which I have to say, I love Robert, but it was like the most awkward meetup because the guy who ran the comic book shop was like, who are these people? They're just like sitting in my store. It was, it was like weirdly like, uh, we went back to borderlands after uh-huh. that. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure. Um, but it was, it was cute. And I did get to buy a physical, a physical comic book, which was, which was awesome. Yeah. I, what do you have, I I'm uh, reading Mary, the adventures of Mary Shelley's great, 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 great granddaughter graphic novel What art by Yishan Lee. Oh, right. Written by Bria Grant. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, this is a really good. This is really good. Uh, Ma- uh, Mary Shelley's great, 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 great granddaughter is a is a goth chick, and she's pretty awesome. Natch. Yeah. So go check it out. That's a great idea. Cool. So yeah, so I, I tried. I, I tried my hand at some some comic book graphic novel reading, but I just I haven't gone far down that rabbit hole as much as I wanted to. But yeah. Feel like I'm going to be spending a lot more time on my iPad in, in the next few months. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. Imagine we'll see so. how it goes. Yeah. Well, and then and then all well, yeah. And then trying to sleep, but not. And then back on but your not. iPod. <laughs> being too anxious yeah. and being woken up every being 10 woken minutes. Up. So yeah, totally. We'll see how that goes. <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, let's jump into our spoilery book of the month discussion. Weep, weep, weep. Um, for Spoiler Howl's alert. Moving Castle. This, of course, was um my pick by way of Tom. Um, which is to say that Tom made some great suggestions and I landed on this one and uh, I'm very happy I did. Uh, this is by Diana Wynne-Jones and uh, we put the book briefing up, but yeah, we are, we're at the, basically the end of the month. I mean, do we have another episode in December or no, does it get I too think, holiday-ish? Uh, we, the next episode is uh, December 2nd uh, and you won't be here for it. So. I meant November. Yeah, December 2nd. Yep. Okay, so this is a wrap-up. A little real. early wrap-up, but that happens every once in a while, the way the cal- calendar works out. So if you if you haven't finished, just pause and come back later. There won't be anything after this discussion, though, right. so you don't Other have than our to goodbye. You can come back to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is always fun. I mean, for, for I mean, real. it's worth checking out. But yeah. I think so, but I'm biased. Um, Colin put up a post on Goodreads saying, HMC, I didn't see that coming. I'm just over halfway through, and so far it's an absolutely charming book, but nothing I'd seen in the book blurbs gave me reason to expect a side trip into modern day, or 1980s, I suppose, Wales. That certainly adds a dimension to things. Um, And... Some other people agree. Uh, John Taloni, who we mentioned earlier in the show, says, yes, I found that plot point weird. It made the book as if the whole thing was a D&D game for Howell. Made me wonder as to whether or not any of the characters actually had agency hmm. or if they were if they were the magic world equivalent of NPCs. I thought that was a really interesting perspective. Um, and then Seth says at the end... Um, actually, now that you say that, there are a lot of parallels. Howell, which is his name in Wales, H-O-W-E-L-L, doesn't amount to much. He's smart, but only motivated to work hard on the narrow subject of running down information on spells. 
that project projects an image of a pretty unkempt dude who knows a lot about some old books, but still sponges a room off a well-adjusted family member. So it's basically like a slacker, like lag about, doesn't really have a lot of direction in his life. I'm, you know, adding some, some color there. But Howell is that dude's dream. Extremely powerful, has a lot of luck chasing very young women, and doesn't let anyone ever tell him that he needs to clean his room. I think it's that tone of the book that saves it from these sort of unpleasant comparisons. The overall effect is enchanting enough that Howell's faults are more funny than they are like creepy, saddled guy living in his sister's basement. Okay, so setting aside uh, the, the the creepiness or not creepiness of either Howell or Howell, uh, that's a sad interpretation. I have to say, like, you don't need to have that interpretation. You can just n- think like, oh, he found a portal to another world. Everyone in that world has agency. It's not imaginary. No, Diana Wynne Jones doesn't mm-hmm. say anything that would lead you to th- to be- find that an inescapable conclusion. It could just be that he, this is what he did. And he's like, oh, crap. Well, I don't really need to pay for rent in Wales when I'm living in this other world. So I'll just, you know, keep a room for convenience sake, uh, over there. And yes, he's a little creepy and a little rude and all that, but wouldn't you be, if you were the magical wizard of another world, I can see both interpretations, both interpretations are, are perfectly valid to be like, Oh, maybe it is imaginary, but you don't have to, if it bums you out, I think that's what I'm reacting to with John Taloni. If it bums you out, then don't have that interpretation. You you can very legitimately interpret it the other way. I I agree. I, I like, I, I appreciate, I have to say, I appreciate the perspective. Like, I think that's an interesting interpretation. Oh yeah. Like I could definitely see like maybe a dark version movie of this kind of playing out in that way. Mm. But Considering the fact that like other characters have crossed that border and like gone back and forth between these different dimensions, if that's what we want to call them, different experiences, to me it seems like the way that you are saying it, which is that he's just a guy who happened to find a way in and he's living his own life and he's got these, you know, this is what he's got going for himself in this other place, but he misses his home and so he's able to go visit it. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a tie there. He's got family. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, um, yeah, I, I thought that was a fun aside. And other people kind of mentioned that it feels a little bit like Doctor Who-ish in a way, too, which sure. I, I agree. Yeah, I could see that. I can see that, too. Um, I, I it felt, would be a different way of telling that story, though, for sure. I felt more like Philip Pullman, Golden Compass, mm-hmm. uh, of sort of like, oh, there's an alternate world. There's an alternate universe. Now, granted, th- these two universes are very, very different. Uh, they're not they're not so close as they are in in Golden Compass, but but yeah, I I took it as a like a really cool revelation of like oh my gosh he's Welsh that's great you know what it's really like it. you know what it's really like what? it's like fillery it is it's very much like uh, like the magicians you're right yeah yeah he just doesn't have to go yeah. through a library uh, to get there he can he can just pop straight through yeah so I thought that was yeah but good good interesting interesting conversation yeah, yeah, starters for there. Don't let it bum you out, though. <laughs> That's all. It's, it's not. It's not meant. To, this book is definitely not meant to bum anyone out. <laughs> no, because I find this sure. book delightful. Uh, so and, yeah. and quite the opposite of bumming you out. Mm-hmm. I also maybe I'm reacting to the fear that you know I come from Southern Illinois, from a small town. I still have family there, and yet maybe Los Angeles is imaginary. Maybe none of this is happening. <laughs> so I kind of want it to be real. I think you're good. Yeah, California. That's not a real place, Tom. It's kind of how I felt most of my life. <laughs> 
But here I am. Um, we also got a post from Jenny. Um, what if it's Jane Austen? <gasps> I like this other take. <clears throat> and you're going to have to fill in for me on this one, Tom, because my working knowledge of Jane Austen and Sense and Sensibility and all these things that she mentions, I do not have a working knowledge of other than just like osmosis. You want me to read this one? Popular culture. Yeah, you can read it. I just more wanted your like take on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Go no, ahead. I was yeah, going to give my it. take anyway. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Since I'm here. Go ahead, go ahead. You can oh, okay. kick things off. Uh, Jenny writes, this is my first time reading Hal, and because I listened in audio, I may have missed something, probably missed something. I was thinking about Emma by Jane Austen at first with The Hat Shop. If you've seen the newest film version, you can probably picture it too. Then I was thinking about Sense and Sensibility or even Pride and Prejudice, all about sisters with no money who have to find husbands. I think the story my heart really wanted was more along (laughs) these lines, so I was impatiently waiting for Sophie to resolve her cursed thing so she could get married. Ha! Very Jane Austen. Uh, But then the question I have that I may have missed is what happened to the other sisters in the end? They seemed unhappy in their assigned professions at the beginning, which made me think they'd played a more significant role, but they really don't. And I like a good Austin heroine. Sophie is the model of dealing with the cards you're dealt. I love this take. I I sort of got the Regency feel uh, from the setup with Sophie and the sisters for sure, but I hadn't quite put it together the way Jenny did here, uh, tying it directly in the books. And she's absolutely right. I think... I think what we're a victim of is that Diana Wynne-Jones probably drew on that a little bit in creating Sophie and her sisters, but really wanted to tell the story of Sophie and Hal, and so kind of created almost too good of a of a scenario with the sisters uh, to the mm-hmm. point where Jenny's like, yeah, but what about the sisters? I do think the sisters were only unhappy until they switched, uh, and then that once they yeah, switched, then they were, they were I think happy. they were pretty happy. Yeah, yeah, they seemed happy to me after that point. But that wouldn't be a Jane Austen move. They would still be unhappy after they switched if it was Jane Austen. I, I'm totally <laughs> with you there, Jenny. Yeah, Terp Kristen says I don't really have much to add, but wanted to give kudos to Jenny for the Jane Austen reference. <laughs> I didn't think of it on my own, but now that you mention it, it really does fit. Um, I didn't realize this is actually a trilogy. So there is a the next book, um, Castle in the Air, apparently does tie the bow up, um, according to Christina, oh, okay, on at least where one of the sisters ends up. Um, so that's that's good to know. But yeah, you know, I think part of the problem with this book. For me, overall, was that it just it ended. It felt like it ended very abruptly, mm. in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and I think maybe that was one of the story threads that I was missing out on. Is like, oh, oh, oh but you know, there was this whole other thing happening. Um, yeah, movie, I wonder if that's just a product so. of its time, where you know, back this is back in the day when TV shows played out the plot until, you know, five minutes to the end of, of their runtime and then wrapped everything up really fast. We were sort of more used to that back then. So maybe it was mm. less of an issue. I don't know. Well, then finally, as I mentioned, um, did you did you get around to watching the film? I did. Yeah, you did. Me too. OK, good. We did our homework. <laughs> That's good. Um, so Ruth says, uh, many people will come to the story having already seen the Studio Ghibli movie adaptation, which makes several big changes to the story. Uh, most annoying for me is that Howell, uh, most annoying for me, Ruth, is that Howell in, in is that Howell, <laughs> is that the scene set in 
Howl's magical homeland whales have been cut. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I read, I misread that sentence. There's a, I think so, there's a yeah, typo. There's no whales. Yeah. yeah. There's no whales in the movie. Um, this article from earlier this year has a good discussion on the differences and the reasoning behind them. Um, it's from tour.com, of course. And personally, Ruth says, I enjoyed the film, but it'll never take the book special place in my heart. And I think it helps to think of them as very separate entities. What do y'all think? Um, yeah, I liked the movie. Okay. Um, it was so different from the book, which I had just finished reading, but I think I was, I spent a lot of time trying to put together these two stories. Um, I preferred the book. I, I, I definitely preferred the book, I think. And I preferred the book's howl. Um, and yeah, I don't know. How did you feel about it? I, I'm with you. And I, I don't know if it's just primacy uh, because I read the book first and therefore that's the how I got to know first because I hadn't seen the movie. Uh, I mm-hmm. didn't dislike the movie, but I'm like, yeah, I like I like the book better. Uh, I There's always more to get out of a book, too. So maybe I should have watched the movie first, then read the book. But um, this is interesting at tour. I, I haven't had a chance to read over the whole thing, but they point out that Miyazaki was making uh, the anime for... A Japanese audience and mm-hmm. the fantasy tropes that are very European and very English speaking uh, just don't work as well. And so he yeah. changed the black knob to take you to the sky, which is a very Miyazaki thing to do, as Tor, Tor points out, uh, which makes sense. So that change, I was I was disappointed in, but I, I think I kind of clocked to that. Like, yeah, that probably wouldn't have played with this audience as well. Mm hmm. And there's just like the whole sister story kind of doesn't exist. We get a little bit mm-hmm. of one of the sisters um, and the the mother who is not actually the, the stepmother, but is her actual mother. And um, the, the biggest difference, I think, that stood out for me was the scarecrow. Oh, yeah. Not being scary at all. Not being scary but at being all. A being friend. a pal. Yeah. And then the um, the little dog who was named like... He, he he was named the sound he made. Right. Is what I remember. And it was an, it was like H E E something. And I can't remember what it was, but he was not actually a, a human turned into a dog. He was just a, a dog. No, he was a he was a person. He was a prince, right? Right. Yeah, he no, was. No, the scarecrow was the prince. Oh, what that's right. I'm now I'm getting the all scarecrow confused. Scarecrow was the prince. The dog was just a dog. Yeah. It uh I mean some of those things are just you have to simplify a plot to make a movie. Versus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, books books can kind of meander down lanes that just don't fit uh, in the time and, and production budget <laughs> that you have for a movie. Um, so so I think the the scarecrow and the dog sort of fall into that realm of it for me. Um, so it's, those are the kinds of things I try not to judge movies too harshly if they're like, well, they left some stuff out because you have to, you know, you just do. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of great discussion on this back and forth. Uh, Ian, for example, really enjoyed the movie. Um, so there's there's some some differing opinions in here, uh, but it is yeah. And then people kind of go off into like what other books and movies com- comparisons can we make for books we've read for Sword and Laser, like Princess Bride, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a fun discussion. But I'm, I'm glad I watched the film. I I feel like it it took a long time to kind of build up for me, and then the ending was extremely abrupt. Like yeah. I feel like movie, I like all of a sudden in the movie. Um, it was, I felt a little bit that way with the book as well, but the movie really was just yeah, like, oh my gosh, everything's happening in the last like two minutes. 
Um, and I didn't really feel like I understood what was going on, even though I had read the book. It was an exciting ending. It was. With so much And happening. this is an exciting, was this an exciting ending? I, uh, you mean the book or the, the, uh, the podcast? Show? Oh the show. yeah. I, I loved this book. <laughs> I adored it. I had a great time. It was exactly it what was I charming. needed. We've now had, mm-hmm. we've had a fun space romp. Uh, we've had a charming, uh, young adult, uh, fantasy. Uh, so I, th- I think we've, we've paced ourselves quite well. So what you're saying is something a little more. Get ready to get serious, a little different, people. A different hit for, for December. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we don't want to stay stuck in a vein, definitely. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Hey, I love you guys so much out there. You folks have been uh, just, I mean, this obviously not the end of Veronica, one would assume. That got weird. I'm making it weird. Um, it's just, you know, I have, I've done the show for, what, 13 years and so this is my biggest break I've ever taken. I yeah, think. I think maybe you've not hosted with me once or twice. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's kind of so going to be an adjustment mentally. Trust um, me, it's an adjustment for me, too. Yeah, I have to explain to Tom how all the how the sausage gets made. Let me on just the, apologize ahead of time for uh, there for the lack of wonderful album art that because Veronica won't be doing. Oh, that. shoot gonna have to teach you how to use spark no it's no easy. there just will be no, a sword laser logo <laughs> oh geez tom all right all right you know <laughs> you, you don't okay. you don't want me trying to make that that's just i kind of do like i mean i am product manager for this this product and so i would like to see somebody I want your like, product just try to be to thought see. of in a good way <laughs> Fair enough. All right, everybody. I will see you sometime in the spring. Um, thank you, Tom, for for figuring out all the the details in the meantime. Of course. I'll be lurking in the forums, I'm sure, at some point. We'll see interjecting how, how here and there. Away you could stay. We'll see. <laughs> and to you out there, our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is, of course, swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter. Going to have to teach Tom how to do that, too, at swordandlaser. Teach me. You make it sound like I don't do well, anything. Well, the Instagram the part. The insta- well, now now we don't have anything to post because you're just going to do the album art every yeah. week. Put, put the album art on Instagram. It'll look oh, great. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. And all of our discussions happen over at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. We'll see you next time. I will. You will. Bye. I miss you already. Oh. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.